As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a growing network of people who believe the center of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ, and that learning to take love seriously is vital for how we practice discipleship, mission, and leadership. The Gravity Leadership Podcast explores, in practical ways, how to root our lives and our leadership in this love that holds all of us and everything together. This is another Gravity Leadership Podcast. You are listening to it. I'm uh, Matt Tebby. It's good. Joined by Ben yeah. Strunky. Hello, Ben. Hey, Matt. How's it going? <laughs> Pretty good, dude. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, good. That's good. Yeah, you know, we're recording this at the end of a week and thinking about yeah. all the stuff I'm going to do this weekend. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's going cool. to be good. Um. Yeah. Can I share a story with you? Yeah, sure. Let's uh, let's story time. So let's my hear it. my dog takes this yep. this medicine Jovi. to uh, keep yep. yeah to keep her from uh, biting her paws because she's an itchy she's an itchy woman she's an itchy woman dog. And she's um, got allergies or something? I think so. We can't figure it out. We keep giving her different food. We try to you know uh, change environmental mm-hmm. stuff to no avail. Mm-hmm. So. She takes this Man. this pill that suppresses her immune system, which means like oh. basically, you know, any cancer or tumors growing in her just go crazy. So oh. we don't want to give it to her long term. So right. my wife yeah, decides. It doesn't sound good. No, it doesn't sound good. So we don't want an itchy dog. We also don't want a tumor dog. And we're trying to figure out if we can get both. 
So we, Sharon, put a pair of socks on my dog's paws so that she would stop biting them. And so she's walking around with Sharon's socks on her feet this morning around our house. <laughs> and I'm. Does she tolerate? She tolerates socks. Well, she, <laughs> well, just wait. So anyway, uh, okay, right, I'm, I'm up here. I'm up here, like working on a sermon or something. And Sharon comes up and she's like, "I need you to come downstairs right now." And I come downstairs, and she holds up a third of a sock, and she said, oh, no. "Jovi just ate two thirds of my sock I put on her foot." <laughs> so and no, the answer is the dog will not tolerate the it. Dog does the dog not tolerate teach socks. Sharon a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> So she's like, do we make her drink hydrogen peroxide to vomit? Do we take her to the vet? I'm like, no, let's just ride, uh, let's just ride this one out. Let's see what, see what happens yeah, to that dog, sock. Our dog has eaten a lot of uh, articles of clothing and they just, you know, they come out, they come out the other end. They do. Eventually. Eventually. So. <clears throat> you know what comes out eventually as well? Our links, our weekly links. They come out that every Friday. <laughs> every, eventually, every Friday. <laughs> every Friday. Right every Friday. Right out the other end. We send out curated links. Uh, just slides right into your email box. Uh, sign up for those mm-hmm. at gravityleadership.com slash join. Um, yeah. it's really, it's really good email. And then also we're filling the next Gravity Leadership Academy cohort. So if you're interested, yeah, hit us up. Holler hit us, us up. Yep. If you need more information, go to gravityleadership.com slash academy. Uh, it's got all the info, um, and, or just reach out to us, um, mm-hmm. Probably Gino is the best person to contact. Yeah. Gino at gravityleadership.com. He can answer any questions you have about what that's uh, like. But that's kind of our, that's like the main thing uh, that we do to train leaders um, to live in God's love and take God's love seriously as as the root and the basis uh, for their life and leadership. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's pretty awesome. Speaking of pretty awesome too... Pretty awesome. These transitions are going great today. Don't Matt, you like it? It's really good. Yeah. Socks, yeah. poop, like in- emails. And now... <laughs> speaking of. Speaking of. <laughs> uh, we're talking to Heather Thompson Day today. Today. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Heather Thompson Day today. Uh, she day wrote today. a book called It's Not Your Turn. And it's a book basically on how to live in seasons of waiting, seasons of in-between, mm-hmm. seasons of not getting what you want, seasons of having mm-hmm. to... Wait, it's a great book, and Heather mm. was awesome. She was such a. Well, I wanted was. to she, spend all she day. She started with her. preaching a few times. It was great. She did preach a few times. Yeah, she did. Yeah. So anyway, it's this is fun. Yeah. She's a fun, uh, yeah, for sure, brilliant, uh, faithful person. I can't wait for you to hear from her. So, should we let them? Should we unleash yeah. Heather on them? All right. I think so. I, th- I think that's all we got for uh, for today's uh, right. podcast episode. Yeah. We'll, well see you on the other side, man. Heather Thompson Day, welcome to the podcast. I am excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Heather lives in Colorado, where she's an associate professor of communication at Colorado Christian University, CCU. Is that right? That's how people well, talk about it? here's what. I just moved. What? Oh. We, should have, we should have set you up for success and told you that. I we just need moved. Volume. We need like the second edition of your book. 
Okay, so somebody you just, update this IVP. So can I yeah. make this up? <laughs> Heather lives in Ar- the Arctic Circle, where she is yeah. doing research. Basically, on I'm in penguins. Michigan. Yeah. I'm in Michigan, so it's kind oh. of like the Arctic. Oh. Okay, well, uh, yeah, I did want to say that you uh, you have a online community called I'm That Wife. Are you still that doing that? That is still happening. That is still <laughs> happening. Okay, wow. so w- which wife are you? Which which that wife that are you? That wife. That one. <laughs> that one. <laughs> Um, you have to join the community to find I guess. out yeah. if, you, if you line up. Which and it's wife a paid am I? Am I subscription. So oh, yeah. I'm kidding. It's free. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, okay. So you moved to Michigan. So tell us about that. Then we, I, I, I thought I knew very little about you and I know even less than I thought. <laughs> well, now this is going to be really sad. Oh. That's kind of a sad story. My dad's not doing well. Oh, heaven. So I went home for Father's Day and I really felt the Holy Spirit saying I need to move back home. And so, and my husband, I mean, we love Denver and I loved CCU. I love my kids there and I felt like I need to come home. And so I just told the Lord, if you mm-hmm. want that to happen, then you'll make a way. And by July 1, Andrews University, whose sweatshirt I'm now rocking. I see it. Nice. I taught a class for CCU this morning and they saw I was wearing this Andrews sweatshirt. They're like, you're a traitor. <laughs> I am. I have no loyalty. I love whoever pays me. Whoever gives um, you free swag, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, they called and I came and I'm able to be with my parents now. So. Oh, well, okay. I mean, that's... that's this like, is an awkward start? This a, yeah. But this is sort of our... This is on brand for us. If it's not... Yeah. Okay. If there's not pretty, some moment of awkwardness. We just got it out of the yeah. way in the first two minutes, so... Right. Now we're good. Um, okay, so you're teaching... All uphill from you're, here. You're teaching still. And you're I living am absolutely in, teaching. And you're living in Michigan, and you write, uh, you, write, you write prodigiously. You've written like six books? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And we're, we're having you on today. Thanks for joining us to talk about your latest book, which I think it's your latest book. Who knows? You moved to Michigan since the bio was. Uh, it's called. Written it's not three more books. Right. It's not your turn. What to do while you're waiting for your breakthrough? Um, Heather, could you give us an idea of why you needed to write this book? Yeah, I, that book is the culmination of many of my years experience feeling like it wasn't my turn. Uh, here's the short, the story that I use to explain this. I could not get a job in academia to save my life. Hmm. I'm applying everywhere. I had never taken a summer off in school. So from 2005, when I graduated high school till 2017, when I finished my PhD, I never had a summer off. I was the person who did 21, 23 credits a semester knew exactly what I wanted to do and how I was going to get there. And then I could not get a job to save my life. And at the same time, I was so poor. My sister was dropping diapers off on my doorstep and then pretending it wasn't her. So that is the place <laughs> that I am living in with the Lord. And I, and I really felt like I had done all the right things and yet nothing was moving for me. And I felt super abandoned and forsaken. And mm. at the same time, one of my best friends, who is a wonderful person, who, by the way, did not do all the right things, totally took this crazy path. Um, but she calls me and she says, you're not going to believe it. And I'm like, what? And she's like, I just got hired by NASA. And I was like, wow, you. <laughs> we are so happy for you. Um, and I they was They called me happy. at McDonald's during my shift. Yeah, and, yeah. Right? <laughs> They let me have 15 minutes off to talk to her on the phone. Uh, so I I just, that was the first time I felt like the Holy Spirit in that moment just said, Heather, it's not your turn, mm. but it's hers. And who you are and, and how you show up for her in this moment matters. And so I kind of repeated that to myself throughout mm. the next 
couple years, mm-hmm. I would just say, okay, it's not your turn, but it's theirs. And so you show up for them. And so essentially the entire premise of the book is who we are when it's not our turn is actually more important than who we will be when it is. Ooh, say it again. Who we are. I will. Who we are. When it's not our turn is actually more important than who we will be when it is. Let me explain what I mean by that. When we choose to show up to life, not because there's thousands of listeners on the podcast, right? Mm -hmm. The people who hit the on button to record the podcast for maybe five people. I think when we show up fully to those experiences, that is integrity. Mm. That is character. That is somebody who says, I'm doing this because I believe in it and because of the work, not necessarily because of the reward that I get out of it. Mm. Yeah. And I started living my life that way. So for me, that looked like being faithful to my students. I would show up, five people in the class, heads on their desks. They don't want to be there. And I just decided this matters, And I'm going to teach this class like it actually matters. And I'm going to believe that God has anointed me for this particular moment. And I'm going to show up. Mm. And I started living that way. And nothing, it's not like the heavens opened and everything changed overnight. It didn't. But I changed. Yeah. I started changing. And several years later, I noticed my professional life started changing and opportunities started opening themselves. And so I just, I learned what it means to show up even when nobody cares if you would have went home. Uh, we could just probably end there. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like take up past the offering yeah, pass basket. the baskets. <laughs> yeah. Strike up the organ. Uh, where's your ukulele, by the way? It's not on the wall behind. Oh, my, that long story. We can talk. Okay. We can talk about it All at right. some other time. But you, my daughter took it to college with her. You let your so. daughter take your ukulele. I did. I did. Uh, I don't know what a, I was thinking. That is a father's She's love. She's got me wrapped around her little finger. Heather, that's what you're talking about, showing up and being present, even when we don't get our way or don't get what we want. That's hard. Yeah. What, what sort of things did you have to confront in yourself hmm. in order to do that? Um, a lot of, well, I'm an Enneagram three, if people know what that is. So I had to do a lot of confrontation within myself and especially in my relationship with God and my, my understanding of God's character. Yeah. Even what I said to you in the beginning, my understanding was if I do the right things, good things will happen to me. Yeah. If I just make the right choices. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of, uh, I mean, I don't know where that comes from. It strikes me that that's... I don't know where it comes from either. <laughs> it's stri- I mean, because you, you can read scripture and, you know, maybe you're, uh, maybe you you just read through Deuteronomy and you're like, oh yeah, if I do good, I'll be blessed. Yeah. If I do wrong, I'll be Proverbs. cursed. And then you yeah. get to Job and you're like, ah, nope, that's not always what's going on. I, wa- <laughs> I wonder if that's part of like the American dream, you know? There's, there's like, if you follow the rules and you do the right things, mm-hmm. then you can be uh, rich <laughs> and famous, yeah. right? And, yeah. And there's something about... You know, even having your friend, who you mentioned shortcuts and sort of a sporadic journey, like these these um, minority reports to the American dream, maybe mm. they like throw off, disorient our operating system. Mm. And and what I hear you, this book actually is, what do you do when you're you need to re like you mentioned personally be reoriented in a new operating system, a new, become a new person while you're not getting what you want, what you want. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it, the, the biggest thing that changed is me. And I actually think I have found all the things I was looking for, even if I didn't find them professionally, I did start to feel purpose. Mm. 
And I can't describe it to you, but something when you show up for people and when you're, when you're lucky enough to have a couple circle back and tell you, Mm -hmm. and I'm just lucky enough that in the job that I have, I get to have about 200 new students every semester. Sometimes a few of them will circle back. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, it's very difficult to not realize that my life matters because of what this person just said to me about Mm -hmm. how I've changed their own journey. Mm -hmm. And so that was... I I still say it to myself right now, if nothing else happens for me in my writing career or ministry or professionally, if if I die on Andrews University campus where I am right now, which is a small campus, like 1500 students, if this is the biggest job I ever have, I have purpose here. And I can say that now before the Lord with integrity. And I'm grateful for that because it's made me a more peaceful, content person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of our listeners will be familiar with the Enneagram, uh, so I think they'll know what you're, what you're talking about there. Um, but this is a, it's a hard thing to talk about. Um, like you, you were just saying, even like, I can't describe it to you. It's diffi- there, there's a shift that happens. Because it, it, it would be really easy, I think, for somebody to take a really shallow listen to this message, right? Just show up for the five people, um, but then to fill in the blank, right? And then God would like, right. this, is the, this is the thing that to do, this is the right thing to do, so God will bless you. Thank you for show saying up that. For, you know what I mean? Like show up for the right people. But you're, you're describing a different kind of journey um, that looks, you know, maybe, maybe the metaphor uh, t- to bring it into the way that Jesus talks, you know, is like to die to yourself. To actually like to take yes. those, or, or to at least to examine like, why is it that I want these things, these specific things, you know, uh, to be... F- rich or famous, you know, um, maybe, uh, to use your, um, phrasing last, um, just a few minutes ago, Matt. Um, so yeah, so I wonder, I don't know, I, I'd like to explore that a little bit with you. Like what, what's the difference between I'm going to do the right things so that I am blessed by God versus I'm going to show up, um, and trust that this sense of purpose is going to come to me maybe in ways that I wasn't anticipating. Cause I hear a lot of surprise in your story. I hear like, Oh, I, I didn't expect this to happen the way it happened. Um, but here we are. And yeah. So, so I don't know. That's, that's kind of a jumbled up question, but no, I, I'd I, like to explore it with you. I think I've just come to this understanding that at the end of the day, what God really needs is a generation of people with integrity. And I mm. believe that with my whole heart, gifts are given. I think people worry a lot about the talent. God can give you talent. Are you kidding me? He can multiply anything that you show up to him with. What he can't give you is integrity. He cannot yeah. give you a posture of your heart. You have mm. to decide to surrender that. Mm. And so that is the transformative process that I'm talking about. And it, my friend Annie F. Downs puts it this way. She just says, when I get to heaven... And if it, ne- if whatever that thing is that I've been praying to God, whatever that thorn in the flesh is, if that thing never changes, mm-hmm. that's on him. And when I get to heaven, <laughs> we'll have that conversation and I'll say, but I did the best with what you gave me and I lived a life of integrity. And why didn't you ever move in this area? And we'll mm-hmm. have that conversation and we can spend all of eternity talking about that. Yeah. But all I can do is the best with what I have right now. And and so I have to reorient myself still. I, I haven't graduated. Please don't let me give the, the misconception that I have figured everything out and I now mm-hmm. no longer struggle. No, this is a conversation I have with myself weekly, <laughs> if not daily, to say, especially right now, because I moved to Michigan and right. I still don't have a house. So I'm living <laughs> yeah. five people in my parents' basement. Oh, yeah. um, and it is just, this has been a really tough time for me. But I say to myself almost, almost daily, what is in your hand? 
Yeah. And God, help me to be faithful to what you have. I, I'll spend all my time looking at, for me right now, it's this house that I do not have. I spend all my time thinking about what I don't have, yep. that I forget to look at what is right here. Yeah. And how do I be faithful to this? And how can this very thing in my hand be multiplied? Mm-hmm. That yeah. give That actually gives me energy. That yeah. makes me excited to keep showing up to my life. This podcast is brought to you by Gravity Leadership Academy, our 10-month online training intensive for Christian leaders who want to root their life and leadership in God's love and bring lasting transformation to their culture. In Gravity Leadership Academy, you'll learn the real-life practicalities of how to notice God's presence and activity in and around you so you can participate more fully in God's life and mission and open up space for those around you to do so too. We've worked really hard to make this training in missional leadership practical and doable. To find out more about Gravity Leadership Academy, visit gravityleadership.com slash academy. That's one of the things you talk about in your book, Heather. You talk about we we, we live in a kind of a win-then or if then yeah. sort of like fantasy, right? So we, we travel right. to the future in our minds and you're picturing this the perfect Michigan house, whatever that looks like. <laughs> I and, sure was. And <laughs> and your husband every night is like, It's so great to live with your parents. It's not you know, <laughs> my bucket list is is complete now. But someday we'll have this house and we'll, you know, sadly move out yeah. from my in laws. <laughs> but uh but you talk in this book about when we get when our mind is trapped in these big things to focus on small things, to see the small thing. And this is what you're talking about, like showing up with integrity in the responsibilities that you actually don't have to wait on. Mm. Yeah? Right. Um, yes. Mm. Yeah. And you have a whole like section on how to identify those things and how if we're faithful in the small thing. It's like, uh, you remember, I, I don't know, I'm a Gen Xer, so I grew up, um, the first movie I watched, I remember seeing was E.T., as a little kid, okay. and it scared the junk out of me. Uh, but like ET, like follow those little Reese's pieces, you know. Like, and yeah. so there's like a sense in which, if we are waiting for breakthrough in moving out of our parents' house, and there's nothing we can do about that right now, mm-hmm. there's concrete, discrete, particular faithfulness that we can do something about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My, I'm going to reference Annie a few times just because she's my prayer partner right now and has been going through this journey with me. And just something that she constantly reminds me of is when I feel shame over feeling, de- I'll say like, oh man, I feel bad that I'm not better at this yet. Mm-hmm. I wish I was better at waiting after I wrote a book about it, right? I, <laughs> I wish I wasn't still feeling depression yeah. at my circumstances. And she she's just so good. And she always says, it's okay to be tired mm-hmm. and it's okay to just feel broken, but what we cannot do is quit. Mm. And so she says, the devil hasn't won like you think he has because you're tired. Yeah. He doesn't want you to be tired. Ta- he wants you to yeah. quit. So mm-hmm. as long as we stay in this thing, as long as at some point, you know, throughout the week we regroup and we say, okay, God, I'm here again. Let's try again. You're still winning. And that mm. has really helped me process through because I still just wish I was, you know, I just wish I was better at that. I wish I was a super faithful servant to him that never messed mm. it up. And I just keep still messing it up. Yeah. And I wish that wasn't the case, I, but I haven't graduated and here we are, <laughs> but I am still here. 
And I'm trying yeah. to have better coping strategies for how I deal with disappointment. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think what, what you've said there, I just want to highlight it because I think that trips a lot of people up is they feel like if they have depression or, and you know, we're not talking clinical depression here. We're talking about kind of everyday run of the mill feeling sad or very discouraged about your circumstances. Right. Just clarification. But, but like if we feel sad or angry or we're confused or we're disappointed or, you know, like that somehow we've lost like that, like the battle's over. We're like, hang it up. You failed you know, and, and the battle's over. But I, I, I appreciate what you said, or what Annie said to you, <laughs> you know, which is like, the, the, like that's, that's just part of the thing. Like the, right. there's no, there's no you've, you've not lost anything at this point. You're just sad, which is a really normal human thing yes. to feel when there's sad things happening in your life, <laughs> you know, when you're living with your in, when you're living with your parents and you're, I in love the you mom and dad, please do yeah. not take yeah. this personally. Yeah. I mean, but you know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's not what you wanted. And right. so you feel sad. And so that's a totally normal thing to feel and go ahead and feel it. It's faithful <laughs> to feel sad. Like and it's okay. I think that feels so good to have yeah. somebody else say, so it, it, I, yeah, I'm glad that we're having this conversation right now. Yeah. yeah. In your book, you call these negative thought traps. Could yes. you say more about that? I think it's a really helpful uh, label to put on the story we tell, for instance, about our sadness. And could yeah. you say more about what you mean by a negative thought trap? Yeah. So in the book, I just talk about how negative thoughts tend to be self-perpetuating. So once you start, your brain is, is wired to think of the, the negative. I hope everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. That's what's natural. You have to teach yourself to think in the positive. And so it is a natural thing. And I don't want anybody to think that I'm suggesting that we all become creepy Christians and the building is burning down around us. And we're like, it's fine. God is good. Hallelujah. (laughs) You're supposed to acknowledge your negative thoughts. You acknowledge them and you say, wow, this is really hard. And I am really sad and I am super disappointed. But then what you have to do is give your brain something else to stand on. So we call it interrupting negative thoughts. So you say, but this can't last forever. Yes. It, it can't. Yeah. I know. That I just said it to myself the other day. Is, Heather, is it even possible that a year from now, <laughs> if you keep putting bids on houses, yeah. is it possible that a year from now you won't have one? It's not. Yeah. I will absolutely find. So then I am here temporarily. And so this is what I said last night. God, what do you still have for me right here? What am yeah. I supposed to learn from this experience of just feeling totally defeated and desperate? Yeah. There's yeah. something for me here. Mm-hmm. And so that helps me keep feeling purposeful, even in my disappointment. And for me, it makes a difference. I won't say that this works for everybody. I have found it for myself to be a really grounding experience. Yeah. Yeah. And you keep returning to this. And I think it's important to make it explicit. Uh, Is there a period of your life, Heather, where you haven't been waiting for something? Like, Like, it's not your turn to have a house. And before that, it wasn't your turn to get a, a job at a college. And before that, it wasn't your turn to live in Michigan. And so there's all, there's all these seasons and periods of waiting. So even when you do get the job at Andrews, now you're waiting on something else. And then once you get your house, you're going to be waiting on what, I don't know. Have you heard about the furniture shortage? I mean, it's really hard to buy furniture right now. So like there's all these kinds of things to wait on. Mm. So what strikes me is what you're contending for in this book isn't just what to do like in a season, but it's actually how to live a human life in the midst of all these periods of waiting, yeah? So here's, I almost feel bad saying this to people because I think we all just think, if I just sell a few more books or I just get a few more podcast listeners, if I just get, everything's going to be better. 
And exactly what you said, I have found to be true. I, I keep doing interviews and people say, well, now it's your turn. <laughs> and I'm like, is it? You know, like I, it's weird how what happens, unfortunately, maybe this is just me. I might just be a really bad human. But what happens is I just keep moving the goalposts. Yes. Mm. I am already, if we're, if we're going to be totally honest, I am already living my dream five years ago. Mm. And guess what? It doesn't feel like it. Right. Because I just right. want more. Yeah. And I just mm. keep moving the goalposts. And I just keep saying, oh, but now, that's what happens. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. we're, maybe it's just me. Mm. But so I have to practice constantly to say, how do I be faithful to this moment right now? Yeah. Yeah, this it relates a little bit to some some of what we talk about in our in our training. Um, so we train train leaders in a, like a year long uh, process. We call it Gravity Leadership Academy, and one of the things that we train people to recognize is where sort of a, a lot of a lot of those things that are out there that we want they represent for us some deep, very human longings that all of us actually need, and we boil those things down to belonging. We all need to know we belong to a community, that we can walk into a room and somebody's going to say, I'm glad you're here. Mm -hmm. we, we all need security. We need a sense that we're safe, that we don't need to be looking over our shoulder or there's, you know, the uh, bank's going to come and take away our house or whatever, you know. And then uh, we also, we all need a sense of significance, you know, that we need to know that we matter. And you, you mentioned this earlier. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm hearing in some of what you're saying is like this, this kind of constant uh, changing of the goalposts. In some ways, that's sort of a natural thing. You know, anybody who has goals, you know, of course, of course, you you always want something more. This it makes life interesting, that kind of thing. But we can also then attach sort of our belonging, our security, our significance to those things. So, you know, and this gets back to what you were talking about, what you talk about in your book, kind of this. When this happens, then I'll have a sense of belonging, or I'll know I'll matter once I get to this many podcast listeners, or once I get this kind of job, or once I get married, or you know that kind of a thing. And so the discipline that I hear you talking about, it's very similar to the discipline we, we talk about, is coming back to the present, coming yes. back to the present moment and saying, how, how is it that God is actually giving me this right now? So it might be wonderful to have a hundred thousand podcast listeners or whatever, or you know, I these all might know, be good ben, things. I wouldn't know. I, don't, I wouldn't either. <laughs> but like these all might be really good things, but they don't actually represent any lack in my life right yes. now. Like right now, how how is God providing for me right now? How is God uh, giving me a sense of security and significance and belonging? And how can I respond to that in the present moment? It's coming back to the present moment. I think so. Can I tell you how God is doing that for me right now? Come on. The other I'd love day, I I get up every morning about five a.m. to read to, the the hill I die on is scripture. I, scripture has radically changed my life. It's been a transformational mm. process for me. Mm. Of, I try to read my Bible cover to cover every year. Okay, I'm on my eleventh time through, and mm. I get up every morning about five a.m. and I spend time alone with God because I have three kids, and if I get oh, up yeah. any later. Forget it, right? Yep, They're all the there. Day's done. Yep. Yeah, the day it is over. Yep. So I get up every morning, and yesterday I got up, and I was a little late because I was kind of frustrated with God about the house. I had just lost another bid yesterday. Mm. I get up a little later. I got up at like maybe five thirty, and I go sit down on my couch. I have my blanket and I have my Bible, and then a door opens, and I'm like, oh goodness, it's my kids, right? Like, no. And my daughter comes out and I'm about to say like, no, you go back to bed. And she comes and she holds her Bible up to me and she has her blanket and she goes and she just sits down and she starts to read. Mm. 
And I had this beautiful moment yesterday after I came up from my parents' basement where I see my daughter sitting down. She's nine years old and she's emulating me and she's trying to read her word and spend time with Jesus before she goes to school. And I just said, oh my goodness, God's in the basement. I had this whole, it changed my whole worship. (laughs) I said, God is right here. I went down. I told my husband this morning when I came up, my daughter and my son were doing it. And so I just thought, you know what, whatever with the other stuff, eventually that will come, but God is still in this place. It reminds Mm -hmm. me of Genesis 28, um, 16, Jacob, he's just seen the ladder, right? And angels are ascending and descending and Jesus Christ himself stands above it. And Jacob says, God was in this place and I did not know it. Yeah, That's what happens when we get so caught up in our own stuff that God can be, angels can literally, all of heaven is moving for you and angels are ascending and descending and Jesus Christ is standing right there and you won't even know it. Mm -hmm. And I got to see it yesterday and this morning in my children. And I just thought, Praise God. I am, mm. I am just, I am so, what more can I really ask for, Lord? Yeah. You know, and so we have to just pay attention to those tiny moments where you just see the hand of God right here yeah. in the basement. Yeah. Wow. Well, that was the second sermon that we've, Sorry. Uh, that we've heard. No, no, it, uh, it's great. I think we should, uh, it makes me want to take communion. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it's, it's bring, no, it's come re- to the table. It's really good. I, I'm str- it's beautiful. I'm struck, it's beautiful. I'm struck too, Heather, that I often associate these in-between times, when, like the, in the not yet, I often associate that with me feeling powerless and what do I do to wait, Lord? I guess I'll just go passive, let go and let God, right? We have these mm-hmm. axioms that we, as, we assign to and I feel like the imagination for how to wait well is so anemic. It's so small mm-hmm. that we tend to just, these are the negative thought traps, I'm powerless, so I'll just go passive, and I'll just sort of yeah. check out. And what your book yeah. does that I think is really helpful is it gives us handholds on how, how to own the power we have and how to be active in that power yeah. while we're in the process of maybe or maybe not, getting what we want. All of the book, essentially, if you read it, you'll know. What I'm saying is, it's always your turn. It is always Mm. your turn to show up. It is always your turn to practice integrity. Right, so don't give that away to a house. Don't give that away. Right. Right, own it today. Right, you can own that in the basement. I have, I'm, I've been doing a ton of research into Martin Luther King lately for the next book that I'm writing. And I am just, I'm so, he's anointed. I was, I'm so blown away by his writings, but something that he said at a high school graduation that I was like, oh, I wish I had read this before I wrote, it's not your turn. He says, if all you ever become is a street sweeper, I want you to sweep those streets with so much passion, with so much integrity, with so much intentionality that all of heaven has to stop. Mm. and say, oh my goodness, look at this street sweeper. Mm. And that is exactly what I'm talking about in this book. And that is the experience and the journey that God took me on, Mm -hmm. where now I try to teach every single class so that all of heaven has to stop and say, oh my goodness, look at her. She's acting like it's a packed house. There's five kids in there. (laughs) Look at her. You know, and that's, yeah. that's for me. That's not performative. That's just for me to say, I, I ran my race, Lord, and I did it well, and I did it with integrity. And I, whatever comes may come at this point, but I know I did my part. Yep, yeah. investing, investing the mundane 
as though all eternity is writing on it. Yes. And it is. Um, you yeah. end this book with some stories, like just sharing people's stories about how they made their turn. And I'm struck by, even as you're talking about where you've been, how you've learned how to deal with waiting on your turn, like we, our faith is, is, our faith raises, rises when we hear people tell their stories about how to how to do this, how to wait well. And so, we, I come in this book. I think it's great. It helps, no matter kind of uh, if you're in a season of waiting or if you're like looking to be the Annie to Heather and just be yes. an advocate for somebody who's in a season maybe struggling with infertility or joblessness or or looking to you know can I can I remain in church ministry or am I going to go sell, you know, shoes door to door, whatever it is, I think that this book is a gift. So thank you, Heather. And thanks for being with us to chat about it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, tell us about this book you're working on now. Should I do that? Well, is it, is it, <laughs> it's not out? illicit. I don't think. Um, so I'm writing it with my husband actually, who has lived a very different life than me. And I did that intentionally because I've done a lot of research into resilience and how do we keep loving one another relationally? <laughs> However, I recognize that I come into that with my own biases because I've lived a pretty, I've had great parents who always believed in me. So yeah, I have normal things that happen, but no deep seated trauma that makes it difficult for me to keep loving other people. <laughs> and so I asked my husband to write it with me because he has had plenty of deep-seated trauma that does make it very difficult for him to trust somebody. So mm. where I would just show all this research that says, hey, look, this is good for you. Relationships are good for you. He's like, hey, hold on. Mm. You have no idea what somebody has gone through before they show up and even open this page. Yeah. Yeah. So the book is called I'll See You Tomorrow. And we just turned it in last Monday, actually. So it's going to come out next fall. And it's based on, a, I'll tell the short story, but Michael Jordan and his, and before the Bulls became the Bulls, they play the Orlando Magic and it's the playoffs and they make it to the playoffs and then they lose. And so everybody's discouraged and they're all going home and the trainer says, let me know when I'll see you. And Michael Jordan turns to the trainer and says, oh, I'll see you tomorrow. So when everybody else went home, the reason Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan is because he always went, he never saw it as a single game. It was a perpetual yeah. season. Yeah. And I want people to show up to their lives and their relationships and the, see the dignity and humanity of, of God in the human person as the long game, right? As, mm. a, as you keep showing up, you say to people, I'll see you tomorrow. I'm going to pause. I need a break from you right now, but let's come mm. back and let's look at this again tomorrow. Mm. Mm. Love it. That's great. Yep. You are that wife. You yep. are that and wife. So, we figured out what Matt, that is. What wife is that? I'm still <laughs> trying to know myself. Uh, hey, uh, you know this online community. I'm that wife. Where else can people find you online? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. That's where I'm most active. I am loyal to my Twitter streets. Heather T is in Thompson. Heather T Day D A Y. Great. Well, Heather, uh, bless you. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Our show is produced by Ben Sternke, Matt Tebby, and Ben Hardman. Aaron Sternke does our mixing and mastering. You can check out his work at aaronsternke.com. If you find our podcast helpful, share it with your friends in person and on social media. And don't forget to rate and review us online as well as subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join our Gravity community for free at gravityleadership.com slash join. 
you'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com join. And hey, we'd love to hear from you. Ask a question, make a comment, send us an idea, a recommendation, recipe, whatever. You can email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.